the show where we don't just report on fringe science, spirituality, claims of the paranormal. No way, we take part ourselves. Yep, when they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Ross Blotcher. And I'm Carrie Poppy. And we showed up this time to meet Thomas John. The psychic. The psychic medium. The seatbelt psychic medium. Oh, he drives around people in his car? Yeah, he, Is that right? he had a TV show. To that effect. Yeah, we've talked about him before, but we haven't seen him before. Yeah, I didn't ever pull up that show, I don't think. It was one season. He had eight episodes of The Seatbelt Psychic. And then he had another show called The Thomas John Experience, also one season with eight episodes. Having seen him in person, it's hard to imagine him carrying a show. It's probably why there was one season. Yeah, eight episodes. that's right. There were so many opportunities for pizzazz that this man turned down. He just, to me, kind of lacks showmanship. That's correct. Yeah. And we saw him at Ye old Conscious Life Expo. Conscious Life Expo. Yeah. We will be at the 2024 Conscious Life Expo. Yes. Don't walk up to me and say, are you Carrie? It'll be or too late more. by the time you hear this. <laughs> You will have missed your chance to see Carrie. Oh, is that right? Okay. Um, Leave Carrie alone. That's what Carrie's <laughs> busy, saying. Busy. Conscious Life Expo, for people who don't even know what that is. Yes. Here in Los Angeles, where we're recording, there is a meeting every year at this big hotel downtown mm-hmm. where psychics and clairvoyants and channelers and crystal healers fringe doctors red pill anarchy enthusiasts people who talk to angels people who talk to demons astrologers tarot card readers they're all here past life astrologer past life the past life blood draws (laughs) oh yeah yeah (laughs) That's right. Yeah. uh, Blood analysis types. Pretty much everything that we are interested in looking into is represented at this one expo. They pull them out of the hinter regions across the world, all to Los Angeles at the LAX Hilton, making it super easy for us to go down and and see some old friends and meet some new ones. So we try to see these people one at a time and give them our full attention. And this guy we saw almost a year ago now. No, a full year ago now. Yeah, we covered a lot of Conscious Life Expo kind of in dribs and drabs over this past year. But there's still a lot of stuff we never told you about. A lot of people we saw, a lot of really interesting moments. And so we're hoping maybe at this year's Conscious Life Expo, we'll revisit some of the people that we didn't report on last year and give you kind of a comparison. Mm -hmm. This year, we won't be seeing Thomas John again, but he was there and we were very excited at the opportunity to see this psychic that we'd heard a lot about who does feel kind of like an up and comer in the, what do you call it? The psychic world, the medium world, uh, because he's had a couple. Medium media. Very good. Good. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, you know, he's had the couple TV shows. He had a Vegas gig mm. at Caesars Palace mm. that he started in January 2020. Oh, want to no. guess how that went? Yeah, it was <laughs> roughly. Sus- it was suspended March 16th, 2020. Then he had to handle a bunch of jokes for a very long time about how good <laughs> I, his psychic powers were or weren't. Because you didn't plan for this. Yeah. Of course. Uh, I don't feel too much pity for him. 
Sure. <laughs> but yeah, sure. I, I bet that got old. So when we've talked about him before on the podcast, it was with Susan Gerbic and Mark mm. Edward, who were leading this effort, this sting called Operation Pizza Roll. Yes. And both of them and some of their operatives have attended many Thomas John readings, and they've caught him doing hot reading, which we've talked about on the show, which is where you look people up. And then you use that info in your reading, passing it off as something you are hearing from the spirits, from the dearly departed loved ones. And usually then you have to sort of buy a ticket in advance or something like that so that the psychic gets your name in advance. Mm -hmm. Did people have the opportunity here? I don't remember. No. And the reason I know that is because afterward, I talked with Susan Gerbic, who, if you don't remember from our interview, she's uh, often referred to as the Wikipediatrician. She runs this group called Gorilla Skeptics on Wikipedia that do a yeoman's job of keeping an eye on Wikipedia on people who make extraordinary claims and just keeping Wikipedia entries factual in that regard. It's an amazing effort. I had contacted her beforehand just to say, hey, I'm going to go see Thomas John. Any things that you would say to look out for or things I should ask him if I get a chance to? She wanted me to ask him, and it's funny, you ended up doing something very similar, which we'll get to, but she wanted me to ask him like, hey, I, I looked you up and I saw this Operation Pizza Roll thing. What is that? Just to see how he would react to such a query. But then afterwards, getting back to the original reason for this rabbit trail I'm leading you on, she let me know that one of her Wikipedia folks was there in the room with us at the Thomas John reading at Conscious Life Expo. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. And so I got to talk to him on the phone and he wishes to remain anonymous. Okay. But I'll use the pronouns he, him. Anyways, he had come as someone who has been in the alternative field for a long time. He himself used to be very involved and he's good friends with a lot of the organizers of Conscious Life Expo. And he got to talk to Mm. them to ask, was there any way for Thomas John to have accessed in advance to bought tickets for his workshop? And he was assured that no. And I think what we're about to describe to you is fully consistent with Thomas John not having the ability to look people up in advance. Yes, it is. It definitely is. And I got to say, not that impressive at cold reading, which is the alternative. Yes, I fully agree with that assessment. And I think he has like one interesting card that he plays that I kind of noticed this time to mm. make it feel like he's doing better than he is. Okay. As I think a cold I know what reader. that is. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I uh- think I know what that is. Yes. I mm-hmm. think I know what that is. Yeah. 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 I think I know what that is. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I think you, you. Do you know what I think? I Do you think, know what I think it is? Is well, this I making think sense that you to you? You think you know what it is. Okay. And I think you do actually okay. know what it Interesting. is. Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I can sense that. I was getting a sense <laughs> of that already now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Very good. So another thing I learned from this gentleman who was in the audience with us who had been part of some of these previous stings and caught Thomas John hot reading, he had brought equipment to perform a scan kind of like what James Randi famously did with Peter Popoff to see if he could catch him using a device. Oh, yeah. uh, Mm -hmm. Maybe getting info fed to him live. Old school. And he said that after he started hearing Thomas John do his readings, he decided, oh, I don't even need to look for that. Uh (laughs) And and Susan said, see if you can find any like earpieces or is Thomas John wearing a hearing aid or anything like that? Uh, But no, quickly it was apparent. If he's using that, he's misusing that. Right. Because these readings should be a lot better. Yeah, exactly. His readings are not impressive. Uh, Not to say he's 
well, we've already said he's not good at cold reading. Cold reading isn't easy. Not everyone can do it. And he's, mm-hmm. I would say, decent at it. But we've seen better. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. I mean, I'm not claiming to be good at it myself here or something, but I've seen way better. Okay. I, I don't want to dismiss that these people who are able to make it as far as having a TV show and a Vegas show, that, you know, they have a skill. I may not like it ethically, mm-hmm. but it is... It is a skill. I just often think the skill is confidence. The skill is like, no, seriously, I mean it. Mm -hmm. And then that just makes enough people go, he seems sincere. Yeah. He seems sincere. It's an unfortunate tactic that seems to work quite well. Uh People who just believe whatever's coming out of their faces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there we go. We've already prejudged him, but (laughs) let's let's have you be the judge as well. We're going to tell you about our event with Thomas John. So he was advertised here in the booklet for the Conscious Life Expo. This was a keynote workshop, so that means it was a paid event. Mm -hmm. You had to either have an all-access pass or pay 40 bucks in advance, I think it was. I think that's right, and I think I did. And he was in the big room, but there weren't that many people. It was... 50 people, something like that. I wrote down an exact number somewhere. So definitely that room can hold a lot more people and we've seen it hold a lot more people. Mm -hmm. But the talk was called Messages from the Other Side and the description was, during this special workshop, Thomas John will deliver messages from spirit, from loved ones, I'm emphasizing those words because they're capitalized, to as many people as he can. Whether you or someone else receive a message... (laughs) That's telling. It is amazing to witness this event. Messages will be directed to people to provide validation, inspiration, support, and guidance. Thomas John is one of the most prestigious psychic mediums in the world, with a documented history of extraordinary and authentic psychic mediumship readings. At age four, Thomas first discovered his divine abilities of clairaudience, hearing, and clairsentience, sensations. His family was astonished when young Thomas communicated with the spirit of his deceased grandfather and revealed the precise whereabouts of a lost family watch. Thomas has had two television shows, Seatbelt Psychic on Lifetime and The Thomas John Experience on CBS All Access, and continues to be in demand by high-profile figures and A-list celebrities. Additionally, Thomas authored the novel Never Argue with a Dead Person. (laughs) An admittedly good title. Yeah. Okay. That's fun. Yeah. I'm in, and I wanted the opportunity to see him in person. Uh, I should also mention that uh, my informant, who had also been at the event, said that he followed Thomas John around for half an hour before Mm. he found him and just tried to stay in eyesight of Thomas John and said that Thomas John was just on his phone. Okay. All right. Well, good. I'm glad he still told us his null result. So you got here before I did. You got to see the intro. I was running late from home because I think I was putting out this podcast. But uh, Thank you. Yeah. How did, how did it get started? Well, he was introduced by none other than Alan Steinfeld. How does he do it? Our how is he man, everywhere? Alan. You've heard of him before on Ono, Ross, and Carrie. 
This is a fella with long, flowing, blondish, whitish hair. Yeah. Who just gets around Conscious Life Expo, doing his own little podcasts and videos and introducing person after person, but doesn't give his own talk. He's the host of this space. Yeah, he does have at least one book and he's given, I know he has given talks, but. Oh, he has? Okay. He has, but he's just friends with everybody. He's Mm -hmm. been involved in this so long. He's interviewed everybody. We should. Try it feels to get like him on the, the like the blogger or the reporter of this space. Yeah. And yeah. as such, he's just a fixture. Everybody knows him. Everyone Everybody knows him. He's seems got a to like him. Very warm delivery. Mm-hmm. Always has something specific to say at all his intros. Which is nice. Which is, yeah, he always feels informed. And he has a, a very like weathered face, very uh, gaunt, almost skeletal, mm-hmm. just uh, that you very much see the prominent like ridges of his face. And then he's got this kind of long, wispy, white flowing hair, a little bit like a like a Dr. Emmett Brown from Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. That's sort of okay, yeah. a space that he occupies in my mind, kind of a similar type of person. So he introduces Thomas John, and he says that Thomas John is one of the experts here who can really see into the dimensions, into the other side, and make that connection even more solid. And that's so important about Thomas John's work. It's that he's a really clear medium, and you can really tune into your loved ones so that you know they're around you Mm. you know maybe you can sense that but you're not quite sure right now but he's one of these amazing people who have this vision and he's going to be able to tell you that they're really here and when you feel it it's just magical so let's give him a really big hand Woo! oh okay alan steinfeld is even through your telling getting me in the mood yeah yeah i'm about to witness something okay (laughs) So Thomas John comes up. We should describe him. So Thomas John, he looks pretty tall. Yeah, he strikes me as tall. I feel, not that I stood next to him, but I feel like he's got to be around six feet or more. I'd say so. Large fellow, and he's starting to gray. Like you said, just in terms of him not putting a lot of effort into presentation or Mm -hmm. showmanship, uh, I feel like that was the case here. Like He had this kind of bright reddish orange and black and white checker shirt. But he had matching sneakers. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. He's got just got kind of an everyman kind of It was just, you know, look. oh, I'm going to go for a walk around the neighborhood. Yeah, not... Let me put something on. Oh, hey, I happen yeah. to have shoes that go with this shirt. <laughs> That's great. Look, looks nice and everything. But yeah, he doesn't seem like a medium. He seems sort of out of place in that way. Yeah, which is interesting because I feel like we've said that about a lot of media. Yeah. That they mm-hmm. find some way to be like, oh, I'm not your usual medium. Yes, you know, I'm, yes. I'm not wearing the headband and not the hoop earrings. Grandpa's root beer. You know, I've got long fingernails uh-huh. and I talk to you at the supermarket and I look like your Aunt Kathy. Right, right. I feel like every psychic has some little way of being I like, have a, I'm not a like- Long Island accent. <laughs> exactly. So I guess this is his way of saying, yeah, I'm just kind of like your everyday schlub. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. Uh, I happen to be a psychic. I got to say, he reminds me a lot of George Santos, the disgraced former oh, okay. congressperson. They've got a lot in common. 
Okay, here we go. Very similar builds. Okay. Very similar voices. Okay. Both openly gay men. Okay. Who have been drag performers in the past. Okay. No positive correlation between being a drag performer and being a public bamboozler. Just want to make that clear. Notation noted. (laughs) Okay. Uh, But also both have committed fraud. In Thomas John's case, he was putting out Craigslist ads for houses and then accepting down payments, like rental deposits, and then just making off with money. Whoa. Yeah. He pleaded guilty to this in 2009. Whoa. Okay. And then anybody who already knows of George Santos knows of the many things that he is under fraud investigation for, a perpetual liar. Uh, Both of them use names that they were not born with. Mm. You know, slightly Mm -hmm. modified stage name for Thomas John. And actually, I don't know if we're even sure with George Santos, but most people knew him as a a totally different name, Anthony DeVolder. Oh, I see. And then he ran for Congress and... People would be like, wait, that's my roommate, Anthony, who stole my scarf? Oh, <laughs> he's, he's wearing the scarf in front of the Capitol? What's going on? Anyways. Scarf details, very good. <laughs> Hadn't heard that. <laughs> I don't know. Just in my mind, they feel like almost the same person. Yeah. Okay. That strange little niche they found in life. Yeah. So Thomas John gets up there and he has a, I'll say at least he has a sort of disarming presence. Okay. He because he's he doesn't have much showmanship, he has a little bit of a guileless sort of delivery for a medium. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he doesn't sound super confident. Yeah, and none of his lines are that practiced. So he's just saying things like, so who here has worked with a medium? Good, so some people have done this before. Okay, great. So we're going to do a method with like sort of messages with sort of different people. He doesn't have jargon. He doesn't have like bam, bam, bam. Mm. There's nothing to wow me in the language. This is uh, also a very long setup that he does. Oh my God, this guy. And I came in while he was still just like establishing the rules of the road. And it, it kind of made me reflect on how all of our psychics have to do this. And mm-hmm. I think it says something to be it the Long Island medium, Teresa Caputo, mm-hmm. any of these folks, whatever they're doing is not what people come in expecting if they haven't seen them before mm-hmm. for how communication with the other side is supposed to go. Right. And so they have to like do all of the setting of expectations and kind of like preparing you not to be disappointed. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. Like if the doctor came in the room and started t- explaining germ theory to you <laughs> yeah, before so. they could give you treatment, you'd be like, maybe something weird is up. Yeah. Like people have what they expect from seeing movies where in a movie you can write a script and make these excellent, amazing connections happen, or even on a TV show where you can do editing. But in a live performance, you have to start telling people, okay, so I'm going to talk to like a group of you, <laughs> uh, yeah. but one of you is going to connect, and kind of the reason I have to do that is because I get these hazy visions, and you know, I may say something that doesn't feel right, but you might find out later that it is right. It may creep you out that... That lady over there is so happy about the hit for her brother, John, but you have a brother named John and it also matches exactly. (laughs) And actually that feels like it tells you more than it should. So I feel for all of our psychics, we've seen them run through that. But yeah, he had a particularly long spiel. Yes. 
he talks in a very recursive way. He repeats himself a lot. Yeah. He seems to think he's on his way to a new thought, not quite get there and loop back to the last one and kind of restate it in new words and mm-hmm. do that a couple times before moving on. Yeah, and part of that may be stalling for time while he yeah. comes up with something new to say. But I think part of it is going to be to increase the illusion of effectiveness. Yeah. We'll definitely run into that. So he introduces himself as... A medium, an intuitive, a clairvoyant, a psychic. All right, lots of terms there. But we've run into this before. Not every psychic is a medium. Right. I guess every medium is a psychic. He says so. Okay. He says every medium is by definition a psychic. And yeah, it feels like a square rectangle thing. Yeah, exactly. Subcategory. Right, right. The psychic is the broader terminology. A medium is very specific talking to the dead loved ones. Yes, exactly. So he says that there are lots of reasons that people come through. And by come through, he means start talking to me. Mm -hmm. He used to think that the reason that people came through was because of the person sitting in front of him, the Mm -hmm. connection between those two people. But now he knows that that's wrong. It's actually driven by the people on the other side. Convenient. Yes, yes. (laughs) Because he's the only one who sees them in the room. Right, right, right. Yeah, so... Good to know they're in charge. Right. (laughs) So if the person who you can see is disappointed, take heart. The person that you can't see is thrilled. Mm -hmm. And he uses the term spirit world, and he says that's kind of his term of art, spirit world. I mean, other people use it, but that's how he likes to refer to it. He says that there have been hundreds and thousands of kinds of documented things documented? Where, people, where people get spontaneous communication from loved ones. Yeah, so he's talking about how you see the butterfly outside the bus and you're like, oh, <laughs> the I... butterfly outside the bus. I mean... It's yeah, yeah, no, it's the so, science it's exactly right. Trivial, it's exactly right. It's that small of a thing where you're like, oh, you know, my sister Mirabelle, she loved butterflies, yep. and there's a butterfly. Wow, that's her trying to contact and me, and she was hit by a bus. <laughs> and he'll he'll briefly acknowledge, oh, sure, yes, there are coincidences in the world, but then that's the last mention of them. Everything else is going to be fraught with significance, right? I also just love hundreds and thousands of kinds of documented things mm-hmm. just nothing could be less specific yeah oh yeah let's see this documentation he told a story there too that i felt was so telling about this woman that he had been reading and she had lost her son and she was about to go on a trip to some place that they had shared before and he let us know that at some point he said during the reading why am I seeing like a, a big, bright, yellow, smiley face? Oh, yes. I remember this story. So she said, oh, that's, uh, I don't know. I d- that doesn't really ring any bells. But then she had wanted to know that her son was going to be with her on this trip. But she said that when she went to sit down on the airplane, someone sat next to her and the woman was wearing a bright, yellow, smiley face shirt. Can you believe this, and people? I, I thought, Thomas, John is the one who introduced that idea. Like that, that was right. the beginning of this. And then the culmination was the happy coincidence of this oh, person yeah, sitting totally. next to her. Oh, yeah, totally. No, it's, it's exactly like 
putting the owl idea in people's head at the UFO conference. And then when you see owls later that day, you're amazed by it. But as you pointed out, owls are a major part of our culture. (laughs) And happy faces are a major part of our culture. Yeah. And and it wasn't like he correctly identified something that was important to her and her son. And then she saw it. In he, fact, part of the story was like, initially she wasn't impressed by this. Yeah, he planted it and then it paid off. Yeah. <laughs> okay. In fact, you know what, listeners? Today, you are going to see a smiley face. You're going to see it out there in the world and you're going to be amazed and then you're going to come back and you're going to tell me about it. And also someone will do a kindness to you and then you will see they are wearing green. Yes. And then (laughs) you'll slip and hit your head and then you'll have a hallucination about heaven and then you'll start a new religion. That could happen too. Yeah. But if any of those uh, come back to us as someone saying, you know what? You said that. And then someone was wearing green or did me a kindness. That's great. Then we can share that and brag about that and we'll ignore all the other people. Exactly. We'll be so powerful. That's right. It only matters if it redounds to our benefit. (laughs) So anyway, that particular story is like, you know, looking around like, are you impressed by this? Are you impressed? You shouldn't be impressed by this. Yep. So yes, as you mentioned, he acknowledges that coincidence exists. But he says that sometimes you get a feeling with the coincidence, and that's where it's different, when you get that intuitive knowing, that resonance. Oh, also, with that story you just told, um, Mm -hmm. I love this line. As he was describing that, he said, and so her son had passed kind of like a tragedy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, no. I love that. Kind of like a tragedy. Kind of like, you know, one of those. How Um, could it not be exactly a tragedy? (laughs) Most of the time, the answer is that your loved ones are trying to reach out to you. Mm -hmm. But vibrationally, you just may not be receptive to it. So it's it's kind of your fault, of course. Yeah, we're we're so wrapped up in this reality. And I know Mm -hmm. you're all you're all at a higher level because he's at the Conscious Life Expo where, you know, this is what we do. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I need to compliment you a little. Yeah. So he said, even so. We miss a lot of this. You have to be in the right, vibrationally, in a place where you can be receptive. So he says, if you set an intention that you want to hear from a loved one, you should include signs in that. So it may not be that you hear a direct message from me tonight, but you may get a sign in some other way. And then I still get credit for it. Thank you. (laughs) Exactly. Okay, so then the readings begin. So one thing he tells us is that one message can be for many people. And we've heard this Mm -hmm. before. It seems so, I don't know, too obvious to me. But the claim is that the medium will get a message like, I'm getting a man whose name begins with J and who was in the military. And if there are actually two people in this room who know (laughs) guys named J who died in the military, instead of being skeptical of that, (laughs) you should say to yourself, no, I know what happened. It's that there were two people On the other side, kills in the military, first name's Jay, we're hanging out together, who knocked on the door of Thomas John's spirit house and said, can I come in at the same time? And that's how these two people felt like they were both being called. But definitely don't think about it in terms of why I would say something that would apply to two people in one area of a single room (laughs) with, oh, 56 people. That was my count. Oh, Oh, there you go. And 12 men, including myself. Hey! 
So, congrats, fellas. Thank you. Yeah, we're talking 80% women in the audience. Okay. And another thing that he did warn us of in his preamble is that if I come to you, be ready to go. Like, have your issue ready. Don't be frozen. Yes, please just speak up. Don't just suddenly be like, ah, I don't know, I don't know. You can get a sense in these preambles kind of what their bugaboos are, what really annoys them. Mm-hmm. He doesn't like getting to someone them going, oh, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> yeah, fair. So he says that we may resonate with one or two messages, even if it's clear that it's not our loved one coming through. We may just realize like, oh, even though I don't know that lady, her grandfather has something to say to her that really applies to me too. <laughs> yeah, and I've definitely heard that from John Edward, and I'm pretty sure from many of our other psychics. Like, if you feel disappointed that you... Came all the way here, traveled across state lines, whatever, paid a lot of money to see a psychic medium, and you didn't get read. You can feel like the message was also for you, because that's just how the fabric of the universe works. Right, right. The alternative being that it's a Barnum statement, which means that it just applies to many of us. Yep, by nature. I counted 17 minutes of setup. Just oh, like wow. communicating just these rules to us. Okay. Yep. When he's ready to get going, he has us do a bunch of deep breaths together. (sighs) Good exercise in general. Always nice. So then he wanted us to picture ourselves in a pleasant place as we were doing this breathing exercise just to get peaceful. I imagined uh, a beautiful level from the VR game Walkabout Mini Golf. (laughs) Really? You can remember that? Wow, I have no idea what I pictured. In my notes at the time, I said that. Okay. That's how I know. And then he also wanted us to picture people that we might want to connect with. And so Mm -hmm. I thought of some friends of mine who have passed away, Mm -hmm. and I had them ready. I see that I wrote down he was not saying his meditation in a terribly soft voice. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember re-listening to this and being like, this is not meditation voice. This is not even your indoor voice. Yeah, some people just can't do that. Yeah, they just keep talking at the normal volume, Mm -hmm. and then they're like, well, picture going to the lake. And this could be a place that I'm feeling, it could be a place that's a real place, it could be a place that's an imagined place, but go ahead and get yourself into a nice peaceful mindset of really hearing from your loved ones and really visualizing the connection with them, okay? So eventually he brings us back. That was a fairly short meditation Mm -hmm. to get us in the mood. Yep. And then he began doing readings. He started with a just swath of the audience on the other side of the room. So we weren't sitting together, but you and I were both on the right side of the room or to to his left as he's standing up on the stage. Uh, So he kind of motioned over to his right and said, okay, so I sense a woman coming through. He spent a lot of time just painting a picture, all these little like bits of detail that were coming out and kind of gently waving his hand back and forth to this portion of the room which could include like you know maybe 20 people Mm -hmm. so okay it was a maybe a mother or a mother figure who's passed maybe a stepmother maybe a (laughs) mother-in-law maybe it's just a woman you had a closeness or a 
bond with or maybe like a nurse he's seeing a nurse and hat it doesn't, or doesn't have to be a literal nurse though yeah it could be literal or it could be maybe you're you a nurse were a caretaker to her in fact it's more likely the latter did you live together if not then maybe, maybe you, you visited went to her, her a house lot. a lot <laughs> yep. by the time finally he gets someone yeah did this resonate with any of you and he's probably just looking in everybody's faces as he's doing this like am i getting anything oh I'll make this a little more broad. Okay. Yeah. Oh, are you you're interested? No one has a mother. <laughs> Not one person. I didn't have hot readings prepared. Nobody's responding. So he said there was there was a dog, and he didn't give any details on the dog. <laughs> Okay, yeah, uh, no, I'm getting, this is a mother. And so then there was one woman who raised her hand and he said, oh, I knew I was going. I knew it would be you. I saw you in the line in the hall earlier. The second I saw you, I I knew it. He must must be psychic. (laughs) So Uh, it's like the guy who walks up to every woman in the bar and is like, the second I saw you, it was love at first sight. So someone brought her a microphone. And so the woman said, yes. My mom had a dog. (laughs) (laughs) Thrilling. Incredible hit. My mother had a dog. And so Thomas John said, what is the connection to New York? (laughs) (laughs) Nailing it. Uh So she's like, well, I've traveled to New York. Incredible. Uh, Your mother had a dog and you've been to New York? Well, I'm on fire. Amazing. He said, I'm sensing like a rift in the family. Does that make sense? And then when she doesn't answer immediately, he's like, does it make sense even a little bit? And she (laughs) says, a little bit. He's like, do you have siblings? Oh, this. Okay. Yeah. This is really interesting. Yeah. I noticed how this played out too. Mm -hmm. He says, do you have siblings? She says, I do. Good for her for uh, answering vaguely. Uh Uh-huh. Because then he says... I'm seeing your mom keeps showing me three. Do you have three siblings? Or are you one of three? Now, this is very clever of him. So when he yes. said, do you have siblings? Yes. That puts her in the position of analyzing because I, as someone with only one sibling, mm. I sometimes will automatically correct, right? And do say, you have any siblings? I well, ha- I have a sibling. Right. Right. But she kind of withholds that corrective impulse. Good for her. Which but, is good here. But yeah, look what we're doing with the possible numbers. So yes. he says, do you have three siblings or are you one of three? So that's either three or four siblings in the family yep. that he's just allowed for. Mm-hmm. And she said, I have one brother. And so what does he do with that? He says, hmm, was there a miscarriage? Yep. And she says, yes. Okay, that must be what I'm getting because she's still feeling the additional sibling. So, But you know that internally he's thinking like, God damn it, lady. I said, do you have siblings? Uh, <laughs> right. And you said yes. And I tracked it faithfully and you dropped the ball on me. And she agreed to the miscarriage thing. But even if she hadn't, he could have said, oh, well, maybe she never told you about that. Right, or, or right. Something. There's another on the way. But he was ready for this family to have one person. Then he asked the sibling question. <laughs> Two people, three people, four people. I think he could have worked five okay. (laughs) Yes, and if you say, do you have any siblings? And the person goes, oh, yeah. Then you know, okay, now we're in lots of sibling territory. Yeah, yeah. You get so much from just the reply. There was a clever little Mm -hmm. use of the turns of phrases and the very limited options of how many siblings one could have. Yep. So he says, I see a woman with your mom, someone doing lots of baking, cooking, Mm -hmm. person might have had diabetes and heart issues, maybe both. And I guess she wasn't really 
replying to that. Yeah, he was uh, starting to fail even more with her because he was also asking about that separation thing. Like, oh, were you separated? And Anna was her name. She's like, oh, no, not really. He said, but maybe with the brother. Yeah, yeah, that's true for the brother. Yeah, okay, because I was sensing the separation. (laughs) And then he starts asking if there's anyone else in this room that knows Anna's mom. Oh, big swing and a miss. Yeah. Yeah, like, is there someone, maybe he was hoping she had a friend with her or someone who knew the family member. Is there someone else here who knew her? And Anna's like, no. No. He's like, oh, weird. I Well, I, I feel like there's someone she's trying to address. Well, then then who's that woman with heart disease or diabetes issues? Is it grandma, your mom's mom? Who's that? And so she's like, oh, yeah, my mom's mom. Sure. Yeah, I think she offered the grandma. Mm. And, and then he took ownership of that. Okay, gotcha. So the grandma had taken caravan at some point in time okay so he says oh yes yes and your mom is a strong entity in the spirit around you a lot and then he was done with the mothers because he said do you connect to the name joseph and she i think this is very polite of her she says yeah my father was jose joseph jose all right i mean yeah it's the it's a mulligan spanish version Mm -hmm. but Polite. And then Thomas John asked her, oh, was he funny? I'm sensing he was like the life of the party. And she's like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Sure, like, what are sure. you going to say? Like, no, actually no. really boring dull yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, you'd hate him. Uh, <laughs> and then asks if her parents were split up. And she says, yes. And then he opened it up. He said, somebody here's got rosary beads, I keep saying. It was like almost a distraction from whatever sentence he was saying. Yeah, what did this woman actually get from her dad or yeah. grandfather at all? Nothing. So, like, not even the high that we sometimes get. <laughs> right i was noting this right as he kind of like i think must have caught himself because at some point during this reading i think he did sort of come to the realization like oh shoot i haven't actually been delivering any messages from these people it's all just been about verifying that i have a connection to them Uh Uh but yeah this poor lady got nothing like that and the rosary beads okay you find out that her father's name is jose so not a bad guess that she might have been raised catholic might have rosary beads or someone in here uh-huh. will have rosary beads no one says anything to that though so he just moves on oh uh-huh. like you do so the next reading was with a woman named sarah he asks her did your mom die <laughs> and she says no <laughs> maybe okay then maybe someone who was motherly <laughs> yeah my grandma wow then he also threw out that like maybe it's like the row in front of you i'm getting so he's just like Casting all these reasons to not take it too seriously if he didn't make a strong connection right away. Right, right. Or maybe the energy is slightly in a different location. About the grandma, he's like, so she was sickly toward the end, but her passing was sudden, right? She's (laughs) like, yeah, yes and no. Which Drew's grandma just passed away. And so this is so fresh in my mind that like every death feels both sudden and you know, like it takes a long time. Well, not every death, but every death in old age, basically, yeah. feels both sudden and drawn out. You were putting that into words recently about that situation. I thought that was a good observation that like you get so inured to the expectation that it's going to happen. Like you, yeah. you kind of set yourself up for, oh, this might be the last time we yeah, see her. This, this might be oh, the well, last time Oh, well, this might be her. the last Christmas. Oh, nope. Oh, we've had six last Christmases. Okay. Oh, yeah. wait, she died. Oh, what do I, what? Yeah. I wasn't ready for that. Yes, exactly. 
so busy get, being ready for that. I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> yeah, you get so used to them being here. He but still yeah, gets so a yes or no. Sickly toward the end, but the passing was sudden. And she's like, yeah, yes and no. He, he explored a few different things, whether she got to say goodbye to her or not, but nothing too strong. And then he said, do you have a ring of hers? And she said yes to that, which nice. is a strong hit. Yeah, it's a good one. He didn't follow up on that at all, which is oh. yeah, almost like malfeasance. That's your one good hit so far. Yeah, totally. Uh, play with it. Yeah, now, and it's exciting. Haunted objects? Come on. He also said that, uh, you know, people don't always come through the, the way that they were when they died. Uh, so I'm getting that she's much younger the way I'm seeing her, maybe like 50 or 60. I'm thinking, oh, okay, it's not like 20 or something. (laughs) Right. It's funny how it's always, you know, younger and more stereotypically attractive. Mm. Yeah. It just seems like heaven is just full of like everyone being 26 or whatever. The peak of their lives. Right. Right. Unless, of course, they died before they reached that. Right. In which case, yeah, if they died as a toddler, are they just a toddler in heaven? They're toddling? Or do they- they get advanced to 26 or whatever yeah. the ideal age is. Yeah, all of these things I, I don't think you're supposed to think about too hard. Well, we'll continue thinking about them for 13 years. That's our job. <laughs> so then he asks, who smoked a lot? Is your grandma connected to someone who smoked a lot? And she recalls that I, I believe her grandpa did smoke a lot, but Thomas John is like, oh, and I bet he kept it a little bit from your grandma. And mm-hmm. she's like, oh, maybe, but she knew about that. And everybody has a good chuckle about what got a feels laugh like line, insight. And we've justified me bringing up smoking for no particular reason. <laughs> did she have well-manicured nails? No. Hmm. Okay, well... That's strange because I'm getting a feeling from a long time ago. So he's trying to introduce that. Well, maybe when she was younger, she painted her nails. And I got to say, this is another pretty good hit. Yeah, this is wild. That she remembers. Oh, you know what? My grandma did once work at a nail Nail polish polish factory. factory. Okay. I'm calling that a good hit. Wow. I mean, yes, it would be much better if he had said, I'm seeing nail polish instead of, does she have well-manicured nails? And here's a good example of Thomas John doing the thing that I feel like is kind of maybe not uniquely his shtick, but like that he works quite a bit because she said that it was a great hit. The audience was impressed with this. And then he said, I'm sensing this was before you were born after she'd already said during World War II. (laughs) So, yeah. And so the audience was impressed with this, but I was thinking, okay, you just double dipped on that. Right. All right, good for you. He is good at that, at just picking something that you just told him like a sentence ago. Mm -hmm. So the working memory is still building a little narrative about how this went down. And he interrupts that narrative and says like, no, actually, you just got that information from me. Mm -hmm. He said, fuck around here. Everyone loves that. Boy, you say fuck on stage and some people just lose their shit about it oh, it's just it's so I great can't he's believe it broken the chains of formality he said the f word <laughs> broken the chains he's of one formality. of us he's just like us he's not funny but he did get a few little laugh lines here and there and i think it's that form of humor where it's like oh i just said something unexpected and a little body or a little yeah rude and now we can all titter for a moment and like i said he is disarming i i find him disarming anyway oh wow okay. yes well anyway <laughs> oh, yeah. so if you're listening who's it hot in here <laughs> So he did pretty well with Sarah, that was her name, Mm -hmm. uh, out of all these people. But afterwards, she was quite ecstatic 
from yeah. this exchange. And so she tells him, you know, I was about to walk out earlier. And he's like, I'm sorry, uh, <laughs> out of where, honey? And she said, this room. But oh, yeah, because you I, were so bad at this. I paid $40. This was boring. Took yeah. you 17 minutes to set this up. <laughs> I was going to get out of here. But clearly, he changed her mind, and she said, thank you so, 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 so much. That's wild. I wonder if she just like felt the increasing pressure of interpreting it in a positive way, or if she actually was impressed by this. Mm. Well, anyway. Yeah. By the way, we're about to move to another reading, and I'll just note that all of the people that he chose for the readings were women. And, mm. you know, we already established 80% women in the audience, but just thought it was interesting. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. My name's Doug Duguay, and I'm here to talk about my podcast in the middle of the one you're listening to. It's called Valley Heat, and it's about my neighborhood, the Burbank Rancho Equestrian District, the center of the world when it comes to foosball, frisbee golf, and high-speed freeway roller skating. And there's been a Jaguar parked outside on my curb for 10 months. I have no idea who owns it. I have a feeling it's related to the drug drop that was happening in my garbage can a little over a year ago. And if this has been a boring commercial, imagine 45 minutes of it. Okay, Valley Heat, it's on every month on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get podcasts. Check it out, but honestly, skip it. These are the Chronicles of the Rancho Equestrian District in Burbank, Burbank, California. California. These are the events taking place in my house around my house. So, new reading. Somebody's soulmate is coming in. He's getting a male energy. Ooh. He doesn't want to say husband, but maybe boyfriend, fiance. Feels like it's romantic. It's someone who passed quickly. Yeah, he called it a fast passing, and I pictured someone at Disneyland. I did that exact thing as I was reading this note. (laughs) Even though it's lightning lanes now. Oh, right. Okay. Did someone lose their soulmate? I I keep seeing the outdoors. The outdoors. He's painting this picture. He's just throwing out a bunch of little word pictures just to see what will land with somebody who raises their hand. But. He's making it very clear that it's romantic. Um, Yes. And he's been gesturing to this part of the audience. And then he says, but I'm not getting a feeling of where in the room this is, which I thought was super clever. It was a way for him to broaden the scope of this. Oh, you know what? Maybe I'm getting this from the left where I wasn't looking at all. Right, right, right. Just a moment ago. That explains the silence over here. So finally, a woman in the area he's been hovering says, well, I lost my brother. And he's committed to it being a romantic figure. So that brings up new questions. Um, And so she says, I lost my brother. And he's like, no, no, sorry, not a brother, not a brother. (laughs) Maybe there's more to this connection between them. There could be. Yeah, right, right. He's They could be Targaryens. I don't know what that is, but... From Game of Thrones. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, incestuous. Notably incestuous family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's making assumptions here that, like, it couldn't be. So, but she says his name is Jared. He says he's seeing the letter J, and so the woman with the brother says, yes, yes, it's Jared. And he's like, okay, uh, no. I really would prefer it wasn't (laughs) your brother. Unless this is a romantic brother. Can we move somewhere else? (laughs) She's like, oh, but he was my shadow. And she really wanted to be read by Thomas John, her her brother. Please tell me how my brother's my boyfriend. And he said that uh, this was longer than 10 years, like the relationship. And again, she's like, oh, okay, well, 
that's definitely him. He's like, hold on, lady. Like, I'm still trying to, like, find this romantic partner. And she said, well, an older brother is a protector. Yes. Maybe maybe that'll help you, Thomas John, to turn this from a romantic (laughs) relationship into a protection slash brotherly relationship. Yes, protector is kind of like a soulmate. (laughs) He found a way to get away from her. But don't worry, she'll get him back later. Yep. Then he started just realizing he had something for a particular person. Yeah. It was this woman named Kaylin. Very far away from the woman with the brother. Oh, was she? uh, Yeah. He was like, oh, sorry, honey. I'm going to have to go over to this side of the room over here. (laughs) Definitely being called over in the other side. (laughs) And just started a whole new reading. Yes. So something for you. I'm getting a woman and she's like, my mother. (laughs) Great. All right. Great. Ready to go. I'm sensing that she had breathing issues. And the woman says, oh, yeah, she had tumors in her lungs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good hit. Sad story. And then he does that thing he does. And he says, yeah, because I'm getting uh-huh. breathing issues. Yes, exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> you just gave yes. me info. And then here's the thought that I swear I was thinking before you said that. Yeah. Breathing issues is a decent guess, but still like one of the most common things you could guess for an older person. Mm-hmm. So he asked, did she get misdiagnosed? And she says, well, it was delayed. And th- that's so telling at Conscious Life Expo, though. Of mm. course, your mother's treatment was delayed. Oh. She's your mother. She's in this oh, maybe. extended social circle where she's probably not being she encouraged to get the right kind of care. So then Thomas John does what Thomas John does and says, okay, because I got something about it being misdiagnosed or delayed. Like, oh, cool. You said misdiagnosed. She said delayed. And then you said you got something about it being misdiagnosed or delayed. Right. We've confused the timeline of causality here. Also... That still wouldn't add at all to this woman's understanding. Tell her something she doesn't know. Yeah, I was just talking with a coworker about this the other day, that when you talk to a psychic, it's all going to end up being things that you already knew and just confirming those. yeah. Yeah, and then on the outside chance it's some piece of new information, either it's likely to be generic, you should consider that option, that it might apply to multiple people, or it's going to be wrong, or maybe a lucky guess. At least you should consider those options. And most of all, forgettable. Yeah. You're going to forget most of it. And unless you keep a spreadsheet like me and Ross, like psychos, mm-hmm. you're not going to retain it anyway. So you're just going to be so impressed forever, but have no idea what happened. And then I know you're going to feel like a spoil sport, but when you hear the stories like in his bio about him discovering like a lost watch or whatever it was, you might want to see if you can find someone else who was there at that moment and see how they tell the story. Mm -hmm. Because oftentimes the way it's presented to you isn't how it went down. Anyway, stand up at the Conscious Life Expo and say all this as a monologue. (laughs) In under uh, 17 minutes. During the (laughs) Q&A. Okay, so so Thomas John asks Kaylin, was there ever a time when your mom was very poor? Mm -hmm. And she says yes. Okay, because I'm getting a feeling like like she'd be down to her last dollar. Yeah, yeah. yeah we've just rephrased More being less. poor. <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't see her bank account at the time, but somewhere around her last dollar, yes. She confirms that too. And then he says, I don't know. Does that make sense to you? Yes. Yes. Okay, huh? yeah, you just got the confirmation. <laughs> and then he says, was it that way when you were a kid? Obviously, yes. <laughs> well, 
Well, I guess it could be before. It's my such... when I read that, my mom was poor when she was a kid, and not when I was a kid. But boy, just like it made me really attentive to this tactic when he just kept yeah. drilling down on this one revelation. Because then he said, I, "I just feel like there was always a lack, lack of, of money." money. Does, Does that, that make, make sense to you? <laughs> You've just rephrased it again. What are you doing? And she keeps saying yes. And if you're just absorbing this conversation in terms of the repeated yes, 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 mm-hmm. yes. You can go away later and be like, wow, that was so many hits when it was one. It was yeah. one hit that got six yeses. Yep. And he still kept going like, oh, and so that's always been imprinted on you. <laughs> yes. And and you've always wanted to be different in that regard. Yeah. Also, with class guesses, you get so many visual cues. You know, he can mm-hmm. be looking at her purse. He can be looking at her makeup. He can yep. be guessing a whole bunch of things just by like, how much money does it look Maybe like Maybe she's spends? wearing guests. <laughs> right that tells you a lot yeah and of course her body language is she's mm-hmm. she may be saying yes she may just be nodding she may be mm-hmm. looking excitedly mm-hmm. all of these are clues okay so then he starts getting the letter m with someone connected to her mom mm-hmm. and she says her name was marilyn yeah the okay. mother the mother's Good. name was marilyn and he says okay so that's still your mother yeah yeah <laughs> like he was saying like it's somebody connected to your mom and if she could have thought of a friend or relative whose right. name started with him that, that would have been a hit do. but the fact that the mom's name is marilyn okay oh, okay that's, so that's still, still your mom, your mom. i'm mom. getting just yep. wanted to make sure great <laughs> we still haven't communicated a message from this mother right so then he asks if the parents were hiding money from each other she says not that i know of this seems like an opportunity to tell her information, but mm-hmm. no, not really. Says, uh, was there a lot of paperwork? And she's like, yeah, I was the executor. So you had to do a lot of paperwork? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Asked yep. and answered. So then he asks whether she appears in her dreams regularly. She says, yes. That's a I clever mean, one. I, I feel yeah. like I need to add that to the old repertoire. Oh, yeah. Ella Ella visits my dreams sometimes and to me. Yeah. Yep. I remember my dad telling me a story about seeing his dad in a dream after mm. my grandpa passed. And yep. yeah, it was very sweet, but I thought that's what we do. Yeah. I didn't say that though, because you don't want to be the spoil sport. Mm-hmm. Sure. Unless you make a podcast. <laughs> so anyway, the mom is glad that Kalen is finally happy. The closest thing we've gotten to, to a an message. Actual, yeah. So, okay, good for you, Thomas John. Yeah, I think maybe around this time is when he realized, oh, shoot, I better actually be sealing the deal on this, like actually communicating some information from the other side. It's got to be around the hour mark. Wow. Yeah. He says, you're focusing on your own happiness now. Does that make sense? She says, yes. (laughs) Yes. He's like, not in a selfish way, but, you know, I need to take care of myself. She's like, yes. (laughs) Goodness. Oh, who is that that's sitting next to you? That's my son. She watches over him a lot. Yeah. (laughs) She's just really happy you're in a better place, if that makes sense. Does that make sense? (laughs) Yes. All right. Yeah. So then we get back to this confusion with the brother slash soulmate. But first, he's got to come to the other side over here. Um, Somebody's sister or maybe sister-in-law or close female friend or... Yeah, it's very sisterly energy. Sisterly energy. Please, somebody give me something. Someone out Give me an eye twitch. Give me something. Keeps mentioning hair, something about hair. 
like nobody's biting no, at this. Nobody has a sisterly anything in their lives. For Much all these less women. one with hair. Yeah, long hair. No, thank you. So then he asks the person with the microphone, can you go to this lady in the second row? Uh, not related to the sister energy. Yeah, just we're giving up on the sister. Let's try something new. <laughs> Coming up for you. There's still this poor other woman with the brother who really wants to talk. Oh, she's so eager. This woman's name was Susan. Mm-hmm. And- not Susan Gerbic. That would have been awkward. Right. She was not in the room. But yeah, when he got Susan holding the microphone, he said, do you connect to the sister energy? No. Okay. I didn't think so. (laughs) Did you lose a sister? No. She looked to me to be about in her 60s. So not a bad guess. Sure. That she would have lost either a sister or a very close friend who she thought of as a sister. Mm-hmm. Nope. Never. Uh, I've never known a woman who died. <laughs> well, speaking of that, I'm getting a male energy. <laughs> <laughs> so they decide together that that's her father. I, I'm really okay. looking. I'm looking forward to the day when I get my first psychic who senses a gender non-binary presence oh, in the room. Oh, yeah. Because that hasn't happened yet. Yeah, yeah. That'll really be some progress. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all waiting, waiting for that moment. Finally, a non-binary <laughs> person died and they're coming back. <laughs> okay. So he was sensing lots of books. Yes. With this male energy, which she identified as her father. So, okay. What's but, all these books I'm getting? Yeah. What's this thing with books? And she doesn't really get that. Yeah, she's, she's like, like ah. well, I'm into books. <laughs> and, she's, and and Thomas John's impressed by that enough. Yes. Yes. You. Exactly. That's what he's saying. You like books. <laughs> yeah. I, I, all I got is just, he's babbling on about books. You like books. Amazing. <laughs> Look what we've done here. <laughs> We've broken the law of physics, and we've established that you like books. You like books. (laughs) He says, and this wasn't a recent death, right? She's like, well, six or seven years now. He lets that one lie. Okay. Do I connect him to a cigar or a pipe? Well, no, that was my grandpa. Okay. Well, was he quieter? Yes. Okay. Yeah, because he he thrown out like, oh, was he a quiet man? No, that would be my grandpa. So now he's gotten two distractions We're just with the grandpa. Back and forth between sure. these two characters. Why not? We've got yep. Yeah, we've created a composite character for whom all hits are fine. Mm-hmm. He starts to sense that there's a move around her, and she's like, "Well, I move all the time." He's like, "There you go." And and did he help you move? Yes. Wow. Now now there's a reason for us to be talking it. about grandpas Has and your move. Has anyone ever? heard of a father who helped his daughter move never, i never it's never heard happened of that. before no and then he says i don't know if he had a lot of friends did he yes <laughs> oh okay uh, there you go you didn't know but now you do yeah and he did phrase it as the i don't know if he had a lot uh-huh. of friends because because he didn't yeah because he you... really didn't know because they're strangers <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so he could have gotten credit for that either way. But yeah, what are we exactly doing here? We've just gotten you to tell me that your deceased father did not have a lot of friends. No, did have a lot of friends. Oh, sorry. Yes, did. Yeah, popular guy. Okay. Uh, Okay, then did anyone have any sinus issues? She's like, yeah, my grandmother. So you remember her going through that in this life? Yes. Oh, that was one of those ones that really annoyed me. My mother had sinus issues. So you remember her going through that in life? 
Well, yeah. Otherwise, how could you have just answered the question in the positive? Unless like that's in your family heirloom somewhere. Grandma always had sinus pressure. If this were in the courts, I would be like, I ask you to strike that second (laughs) yes from the record. That was not an earned yes. Boy, he really spent a lot of time on this woman. And he even told her, this is different with you specifically out of all the people I'm reading because more than just like an individual, I'm getting a lot of people Mm. because we've already had a sisterly energy that never materialized. We've had the father, we've had the grandfather. You're kind of willing to say yes to anything. Yeah. Of course, the reason for that is because you've got this cloud of people around you. Yes. So who had the sewing machine? She says, my mother. Okay, okay. Did you lose a cat? No. Well, I see a gray cat. (laughs) See, there is one like living under the porch at my house. And he says that, okay, gotcha. (laughs) You know what's crazy about this? Why are we talking about that cat now? What's the spiritual significance? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Or like go with it. Don't say, okay, gotcha. Be like, yes, exactly. That cat's name is Cricket. And she comes from Jupiter and she needs you to deliver this message Mm -hmm. to the groundhogs that they need to get the batteries into the earth so that we save everybody by June. Outside of just a solid miss. Yeah. I think the most I'll ding a psychic for is not taking advantage of a hit. Yes, yes. And he did that a few times where he'd just be like, okay, let's move along. Yeah. I'll keep doing the thing that I do because my brain is already working forward right. trying to plan the next interaction. I miss the fact that you actually just validated the one random thing I got right. Because all he's marked as success in his head is a moment of validation for him. Mm-hmm. And so he just automatically moves on when he hits that moment of validation for him, missing we- that that's not the moment of validation necessarily for the audience or the center. Right. Yeah. The really important thing to establish, I would say for most of the psychics that we see is just that I'm valid. I'm doing something here. Yeah. You will attend please other shows of mine. Please don't ask for your $40 back. And sign up for my newsletter, please. Buy my book in the back. I'll sign it for you afterward. Yeah. I feel like that's the real goal. But about great cats. Yes. There's a great cat who lives in our backyard and I call her Amy and I leave food for her and she's just so cute. Amy, okay. Amy, yeah. I was recently reading The uh, Lesser Key of Solomon, the Goetia. It's like uh, that book about all of the different demons uh, that we talked about when we were talking about Travis McHenry's occult tarot. Anyways, uh, you just reminded me of this because there were all the traditional names you would expect for these demonic sounding figures, but... One of them was named Amy. Oh, nice. A-M-Y. I love that name. Yeah. I love that name. <laughs> it was one of those 72 demons. There you go. Why not? Perfect. Okay, then he got something about her overworking, and she's like, yeah, I work all the time. Ugh, of course. Oh, That's yeah. what everybody says and always. That, that no was, one's ever like, mm, not really. I'm lazy as fuck. Speaking of laziness, that was how he was like closing the loop of, I've had all these just random things about your dad and your grandpa and smoking and, and a pipe and a cat, and now they're all just telling you you work too hard. <laughs> Right, right, right. That was the big cosmic message. The cat said to the pipe, said to the grandma, said to the mom that you're working too hard. And if uh, he told me I'm working too hard, I could connect with that. If he told you you're working too hard, I'm sure you could connect with that. Like All of us can be like, oh, yeah, I need to rest more. The gray cat in the backyard thinks I need to rest more. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. But as much as she kept giving him, he seemed to have forgotten that he already started off 
with her not connecting with the sisterly energy. So he moves on. So this time when he opened it up on the sisterly energy, I guess he was looking towards our side of the room because this time we had four women all raise their hands, including Carrie Poppy. Oh, okay. I don't remember why. But one woman spoke up and said, that's me. Her name was Pamela. Oh, he knew he was going to read her when he saw her in line. Can you yeah, believe that? He was identifying all these people in advance. He knew he was going to be reading. So yeah, she thinks that this was her female cousin who she was uh, a sister to this cousin in another life. In a former life, yes. And at this sort of convention, he was you okay just with say, that. okay, that's given information, I guess. Yeah, he did make a point in his intro that... He only connects with dead loved ones. And I'm not invalidating that, you know, there are ascended masters or spirit guides. In fact, I think he was even going to have a spirit guide session the following day, like post-conference that Mm. you could go to. Yeah, he talks about spirit guides in the Q&A. But that's not what he was about at this particular reading. And he was saying that there are other categories like aliens or guardian angels that he wasn't going to discount. He's just saying, I don't work with that particular energy. Uh, But he was totally fine with this lady saying that she had uh, a cousin who was her sister in a former life. Also, she mentioned that this cousin slash former sister had a wig, which connected to the long hair hair thing he was saying earlier. Something about hair. There we go. Oh, she didn't have hair? That counts. (laughs) She had a wig, long hair. Maybe the long hair was on the wig, not on her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, did she march to the beat of her own drum? Yes. Do you understand that? Yes. (laughs) No, she was a joiner. She was a sheep. She did anything anyone said to her. She marched to the beat of everyone else's drum. (laughs) These are things no one says. Yeah, lots of Barnum statements ready to go. Just these things that connect with anybody. Okay, so when she sees butterflies, mm-hmm. that is her cousin dropping in on there her. We this go. is basically the big message here. Finally nailing it, Thomas John, mm-hmm. picking an animal everybody will see a couple times a year and saying it's their dead cousin. Yep, Perfect. she's sending you butterflies. Okay, so when I die, I get to- You get to pick Alter the one flight patterns. Insect. <laughs> When you die, you get to name an insect and send it to all your friends. What's up with all these June bugs? <laughs> what are you going to send me Why did... if you die first? Okay. Uh, How will I know it's you? Praying mantis. Oh, my spirit animal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So then you'll know it's from me. Okay. If I Yeah, what are you going to send me? Die, I'll send you... Ooh. A little nervous. I don't know many ins. I'll send you roly polies. Oh, okay. Yeah. I haven't seen a roly poly in a yeah, long time. Yeah, right? Okay. I collected some when I was little, but I got to tell you, you, you can't just keep them in a box. Boy, those things. Oh, no. Yeah. This has a sad ending. Yeah. They've got so many names. Like, everybody calls them something different. Frank. Well, no, like, you know, pill bugs and yes. sow bugs. And I feel like there's... Yeah. That's one of those ones. Yeah, what like, are they really called? It's a regionalism where everybody's got a different name for this thing. Yeah, babe, what do you call roly-polies? Um, I mean, roly-polies? Drew calls them roly-polies. Okay. He's from Texas. Good name. It 
it's an armadillo DDA. Oh, that's that is a great That's a great family name. Yeah, it does look like a little armadillo. It's got all these little segmented plates. This is a crazy spelling, y'all. It's a A R M A D I L L I D I I D A E. A family of wood lice and terrestrial crustacean group in the order Isopoda. See, this is fun. Other common names include Slaters, Potato Bugs, Butchie Boys, and Doodle <laughs> Bugs. Yes, Doodle this Bugs. Is what I'm I've heard sending. that one. This is what I'm sending you. Butchie Boys I haven't heard before, but okay, that's pretty good. Thank yeah, you. You're welcome. <laughs> what am I getting? June Bugs? Praying Mantis. Praying Manti. Okay. After I die, I'll have to play back this episode on the great podcast player in the sky mm-hmm. so I can remember what I'm yeah, supposed to Yeah, remember what the hell but we're supposed to be sending. I'll get right the hell yeah. on that. <laughs> There'll be like five of them in a row outside your window just praying, <laughs> praying mantises. All, all praying. Yeah, that'll be... Yeah, what if I get them to spell out an R or something? Okay, I'm going to go full bore Wait, on Wait, why an R? My name is Ross. Oh! I'm Ross. Yeah, I knew that about you. That's right, that's right. Now I remember. <laughs> yeah, I don't want this to feel random. <laughs> I love that we get the ability to control the paths of insects. Yeah, in just one species. So anyways, yeah, All right, when this so, lady sees butterflies. Yay. So then he rolls up his shirt sleeves and knocks over the microphone. Oh, yeah. This is a real moment just fumbling with the microphone. I don't know. Cute. I had fun. Um, <laughs> okay. So he goes back to the soulmate brother. Mm-hmm. He says that the brother had very much soulmate energy and I see you wrote down Carrie gives me a very intense side eye <laughs> <laughs> yeah because finally he said alright well I guess we have to do the brother thing but definitely you were soulmate so there we go that's hopefully threading the needle between a romantic relationship and you and your brother her name's Alyssa her brother was Jared and she says the reason this is Alyssa speaking the reason and he said, I'm so sorry, is because he took his life. Oh, that was one of the uh, searching pieces of information earlier. I'm I'm sensing this significant other that you lost is saying that he's so, so, so sorry. And she's like, oh, but I know why my brother said that. Yes. Sad. And Thomas John kept saying that he was getting an image of the outside being not any more specific. And now this woman is saying, and I can confirm because when he took his own life, that was outside. And instead of taking any moment to say anything like, like, I'm "I'm sorry, sorry," or just have a moment of eye contact, he just goes like, yes, remember I said outdoors. He's so excited that he got something right. Clap for me. Yeah, exactly. So off key. Yeah, you're right. I'm coming farther down on his uh, reading abilities. (laughs) These are some pretty bad uh, gaffes. So he says, uh, your brother was really intelligent. She's like, yeah, he was a comedian, actually. Mm -hmm. He's like, yes, he saw the world in a different way. And then he repeats that in Mm -hmm. different ways. Mm -hmm. You know, he's very, very sensitive, though he didn't always show it. And he was very funny. Yeah, you you said he's a comedian. He better be funny. He keeps telling me that he wants you to write a book. Does that make sense to you? And she said, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny. uh, Again, a little bit of humor here. He's telling me that you need to get off your ass. Uh, 
<laughs> we all have a chuckle at that. And he wants to help you with that. Of course, because if you don't do it, it'll never get done. Like, oh yeah, great. Very incredible advice. Helpful, helpful incredible. advice. This reminds me that I pick on Drew for this all the time. One time, maybe six months ago, he said that I was funny and I said, not as funny as you. And he said, well, I should hope not. Oh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Got to be a hierarchy yeah, to this. Yeah, all right. Okay. Well, that was pretty funny. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, okay, so then Thomas John started chastising this woman. Listen, you have to put your own energy forward about this, about <laughs> writing her book, or there's not much the spirits can do to help you. What's holding you back? So then she explains what's holding her back. She's totally blind. That, that's an impediment to writing a book. Yeah. It can so, still be done. If you're supposed to be psychic and a woman's sitting in front of you with a cane uh-huh. and glasses, uh-huh. I thought she might be blind and I don't claim to be psychic. Uh-huh. Isn't that interesting? That's very interesting. I just picked up on the context cues. But remember, she needs to get off her ass. That's <laughs> So she says, well, what's holding me back is... I'm totally blind. <laughs> um, and I went blind around the time that my brother died and he had vision problems too. And then her voice begins to quiver. And again, he just completely misses the note and he just cuts in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you and your brother were together in other lifetimes. And why am I getting a vision of a kangaroo? <laughs> Yeah, why is he? And then she struggles to make sense of that. He's like, well, I don't know. Maybe something about Australia. Anyway, you and your brother were spiritually connected. She says, very much. And he says, yeah, I feel that. So... (laughs) (laughs) trails off (sighs) i feel that yeah he doesn't know how to uh, get it across the the finish line yeah a man took his own life reached back across the divine to talk to his sister and sent a picture of a kangaroo in the outdoors (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't know what to do with that and uh write that book get off your ass all right so then Thomas John unceremoniously moves on to the Q&A. Yeah, let's just do Q&A now. Why not? Sure. It's my favorite part. So he's going to take five questions. Question one, does it feel different to you when you connect with spirit versus channeling with higher level entities? Oh, this is the kind of question a psychic just loves because mm-hmm. the answer is just purely in their own head. So yes, let's extrapolate on this. He says, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. People ask a lot who my spirit guide is, which is funny because we all have a team of guides. You know, we have ancestors, loved ones, angels, relatives, spirit guides, ascended masters self, source, other dimensional beings. Boy, that is funny. (laughs) That's hilarious. But you know, there are certain friends you go to for certain things. Mm -hmm. Well, it's the same thing here, you know. Different guides give you different things. And I can sense the difference between the kind of energy coming through and who it's coming from. Okay. There you go. Another woman asks him, do you ever have a battle between the spirits who are like trying to get through to you? Which makes sense. Yeah, you'd think they'd all be like kind of shouting through the ether. Yeah, and I mean, even from this reading alone, you could tell there were some mixed up energies. Mm-hmm. He said, oh, if that happens, that's the way it's supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. There must be a reason for it. I, I think that was just the quality of his answer. It's just like, oh, I just kind of go with the flow of what the spirits are, are doing. They yep. have a reason for it. Okay. Uh, next question was from a guy. He said, so when they come through, how 
how clearly can you see them? And and what's behind them? Like, what's the background on this scene? I've heard this question asked before, and it's a great question because you don't see a psychic sort of stop and like stare at the wall like, oh, wow, I'm seeing her over there. Like, mm, th- I've, I have seen that once. Okay, someone is actually acting like, okay, I see something, yeah. I'm visualizing, I'm uh-huh. describing to you what I'm seeing, and I'm Ross's acting out. eyes are like locked on the wall. I'm yeah. acting out the mm-hmm. motion of, okay, yeah, that's rare. That's yeah, rare. it was in school. So what does he say? Okay, so Thomas John replies, well, they don't have to show me what they look like at all. I may just get thoughts or feelings, impressions that mm. I know don't belong to me. Like I know I'm not thinking them. So I was like, oh, I've heard of this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. um, Thought insertion is a common delusion. Yeah. If you have an auditory hallucination and just for whatever reason, your body, your brain doesn't recognize that as Ah, a hallucination. Interesting. Thought insertion. Okay. And I, I feel it could even be more mundane than that, where as we all know, if we try to meditate, we have these monkey minds that just throw up all kinds of oh, random yeah. stuff all the time. And if you just label that input source or mm-hmm. guides or whatever, just whatever random thing pops into your head, you can say like, oh, well, I didn't think of that. It just right. popped into my consciousness. So let's run with that. Why am I getting the color chartreuse? Yeah. That's weird. I wasn't thinking about that earlier today. That's not from me. I don't have like a inner monologue. Do you? Oh, I definitely do. Oh, you do. And it's like sentences? Yeah. Wow. Sometimes, okay. yeah. Okay. I can turn that on, but it's not automatic. And anyway, a few weeks ago, I was standing in our kitchen looking at the backyard and I just suddenly had this fully formed thought, ah, Drew's going to build a train back there. Okay. That was the whole thought just like just dumped in my head and it felt so real. Oh, Yeah. It felt so other because I don't usually use words like that, but it was so just sudden and like. It really felt like, I told Drew, it was like, this must be when people say they have a download. This is what it feels like. Ah. I was suddenly so certain you're going to build a model train in the backyard. It'll be interesting to see if Drew proves you right or wrong. Yeah, he seems to not really want to build a model train okay. in the backyard. Okay, likely that voice was wrong. But yeah. I can see how you would easily just label that and say, yeah. oh, wow. Okay, that's someone telling me that. Something yeah. else other than me. Carry in a different timeline. Where what is really true is that you contain multitudes. Exactly. He also mentioned, Thomas John mentioned, that uh, sometimes he sees people at the foot of his bed, hmm. uh, which makes you think of hypnagogic and hypnopompic hallucinations. Right. Good old sleep paralysis. Mm-hmm. But he said he teaches his students not to focus on what the spirits look like. Right. Because they often kind of try to start there. They'll say, oh, I see someone with brown hair or I see someone in a three-piece suit or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's like, that's not really the place to start. Start with personality characteristics Mm -hmm. or names he was also saying it's important to focus on the message Mm -hmm. which i feel like he didn't do too (laughs) well in this particular reading yeah the medium was not the message here do you get me Uh, yep (laughs) i got you (laughs) and the next person asked an interesting question yeah yeah she said so say you lose your mediumship because you weren't really working at it um how do you get it back 
Asking for a friend. Yeah, she said it in a way like, we've all been there. (laughs) And he kind of received it as we've all been there. He's Uh like, yeah, it could be a day. It could be months. You know, not everybody's supposed to be a professional medium, but everyone has some level of psychic power. So, you know, it's still there for you. But yeah, you might have to practice again. Seems consistent with the answers we usually hear on that kind of question. Yeah. Uh, There was another woman who had a a question about spiritual activity that she was sensing and was wondering, like, was it an ancestor or a spirit that somehow got trapped in the house? And she was talking about some of the phenomena. There's knocking on the door. There's an old alarm system turning on at 2 a.m. and said that the house was built in the 70s. So, quick, solve my ghost problem. Uh, Maybe that's just a slip of the tongue, but if it keeps turning on at 2 a.m., that's not random. Yeah. You need to turn off the 2 a.m. alarm. But um, (laughs) Right. You're right. The definition of random would be not reliably at the same time. Yeah, but maybe that wasn't exactly what you meant. Um, But yes, the home was from the 70s. So... He thought about this for a long time, and boy, he rambled. He defined what a ghost is. He just really traveling nowhere as he thought Mm -hmm. about this. But he finally lands on, I don't think that's one of your family members. I do think that it's someone who used to live in the house. And so she's like, okay, I thought that, you know, we're on Chumash land. It's like, okay. Uh, Ah, yes, the old Chumash land. (laughs) Probably someone who lived there before. And when it's like that, it's usually just a paranormal thing. Oh, Ah, Just a paranormal thing. No biggie. Oh, okay. And then it was over. He asked us all to buy his book and line up for him to sign it. Uh, You and I kept raising our hands and he didn't pick on either of us. Uh, I was going to ask him, I I was trying to like work out a phrasing in my mind and here's what I wrote down at the time. What research do you do to make yourself better prepared for your readings? And do you ever follow up afterward or is Mm. the reading over when it is over? Mm. Because I thought that might be... Just sort of a nod to the fact that he prepares for some readings he does. Yeah, yeah. That there's pre and post to this production. Yeah. He, yeah. He didn't seem to do any of that today, but certainly he has at other times. And then also I was curious about whether he follows up because I feel like we go to these conferences and these readings and people say all these important, meaningful things, but then do they ever try to get the person's contact info or reach out to them? I mean, he did have a story about a woman writing him back about the smiley face. But I mean, how much does he actually care about the well-being of these people and what these messages do for them versus just acknowledging that he has a connection? Mm -hmm. So I asked you what you were going to ask him. Oh, what I say? I Googled you and I saw a New Yorker article. What are your thoughts on that? (laughs) Because there was a very negative article about him. Okay, there you go. The New Yorker. Very similar to Susan's pitch for a question. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. Would have been fun if we'd been called upon. But yeah, he was standing in the back of the room. There was a, a small lineup of people, maybe like eight or so people with his book waiting to get it signed. He is not back there this year. For whatever reason. But again, the book is... Never argue with a dead person. True and unbelievable stories from the other side. That's a great book title. And that was it for our experience with Thomas John. So didn't knock our socks off. It it felt like he didn't prepare for it at all. Yep. Which is commendable in one sense. Yeah. But, you know, when you pay 40 bucks for something or $600 for an all-access pass, I don't know, expect a little bit of preparation. Yeah, I wonder if he just wasn't able to get to that list and he normally can or what happened there. Maybe, yeah. Would he have put in the effort if he could have known who was in the audience? And also, it's often a practice. I was going to say good practice 
to have plants in the audience as well that you can call on for the occasional hit, but I didn't get any indication he did that either. Yeah, me neither. There were a few good moments. We didn't mention one reading where like there was an R name and the woman had a son named Rodrigo or something. That was pretty pretty good hit. So he had to make maybe three or four good hits over the course of an hour. Yeah, not impressive. Not great. Not impressive. So yeah, Thomas John. Thomas John. Well, if... You listen to this, Thomas John. We'd love to have you on. You are more than welcome. And uh, yeah, we'll ask you those questions we suggested and others. Yes. But yeah, we'll be telling you more soon about uh, some friends old and new at the expo. Oh, hey, speaking of extraordinary knowledge, mm-hmm. when we had our episode about the Mark of the Beast VHS tape that, yeah. that you had brought out, this was all done by this guy named John Shepard. Mm-hmm. And we mm-hmm. had read up that he had more predictions, and one of them fell on yesterday as okay. we were, were recording. So he predicted for February 6th, 2024, yes. that there would be a peace treaty with Israel. Whoa. This was mentioned in our episode, Scan for Satan, Mark of the Beast edition. Okay, and did it happen? That was yesterday. I'm doing a search. I feel like that would make the news. Yeah, well, and I mean, I got a little bit of a chill just being reminded of this, thinking, wow, okay, well, Israel's certainly in the news. There's a lot going on. Sure, but? Nope. No. no, it's certainly not that's been advertised or mentioned anywhere. Uh, so I think failed prediction, but yeah. at least right part of the world to need a peace treaty. Yeah. No, I'm pretty sure that would come up. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. So um, nice try, John Shepard. Nice try. All right. Well, that's it for this episode. Our theme music is by Brian Keith Dalton. Our administrative manager is Ian Kramer. You can support this and all our investigations by going to MaximumFun.org forward slash join, J-O-I-N. That's right. And we've got Maximum Fun Drive coming soon. Yeah. So uh, all kinds of exciting new content. It's the most wonderful, wonderful time, time of the year. <laughs> so uh so more coming on that later support us that way you can also leave us a positive review somewhere mm-hmm. tell a friend mm-hmm. wear a t-shirt mm-hmm. write a negative review but put it in a sandwich and eat it spread the word and help other people find the podcast and remember from thomas john so yeah you know when you have spirit activity like that you're right there can be there can be um a couple of things. I mean, number one, it could just be, you know, coincidental weird stuff, but probably not if, it, if it's happening so much. And then you also have spirit people um, that have not transitioned, that are within the physical realm. We call them ghosts, you know, um, that can be within a home um, that they may have lived in before. They could be really be anywhere, you know, you can have... Ghosts are one of those things that, so when we say ghosts, typically we wouldn't, you know, typically they're not your own loved ones, you know, they're ghosts, you know, so they could be a spirit that's connected to that house, a spirit that's connected to that area. Sometimes you have random spirits that didn't cross over, they've chosen not to cross over for whatever reason, and they just are like, oh, I'm going to go in that house, you know, there's not a, they don't have a... Most of the time we find with the ghosts like that, that they, it's, it's more common that they had something to do with that house. So maybe they lived there once or they lived in that area or something. It's usually uncommon as it, it can happen, but it's uncommon that, you know, 
It sounds like with that to me, I mean, I have to really know more about it, but I, it doesn't feel to me as much that it's your loved ones. That feels more like spirit activity that's with your house. Like I would say more, it seems more paranormal. Go, you know, that's the feeling I'm getting, but I'd have to know more. Hello, sleepyheads. Sleeping with Celebrities is your podcast pillow pal. We talk to remarkable people about unremarkable topics, all to help you slow down your brain and drift off to sleep. For instance, we have the remarkable Neil Gaiman. I'd always had a vague interest in live culture, food preparation. Sleeping with Celebrities, hosted by me, John Moe, on MaximumFun.org, or wherever you get your podcasts. Night-night. Maximum Fun. A worker-owned network. Of artist-owned shows. Supported directly by you.